ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Malthouse Games Podcast, episode number 82, which is wild. This is our last episode of the year 2020. And we're simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Is that it? We are. That's true, we are. Are we not having simply a wonderful Christmas time? It's going pretty well. It's going wonderfully. We have stories to tell. Introduce us, Delton. All right. Welcome to the Malthouse Games Podcast, episode number 82. We are a podcast all about board games, card games, tabletop games, role-playing games, things of that sort. We are also about beer. And life lessons. And life lessons? Yes. I guess that's probably true. What are we drinking, Delty? The first beer today, which almost looks Christmassy if that orange was red. It really does. They could have done that. It is from Frenzy Brewing Co., who we've had on the podcast before. This is their deadpan Irish-style dry stout. It is a 4.5 alcohol by volume, which feels very low for a stout. It really does. Like, So I went into Frenzy with my mask on, first time to explore the new brewery. So I go inside just to do like a pickup, and they had a variety pack. And I saw, oh, they have deadpan. I haven't tried that one before. And I get it, and I'm suspecting it to be like 10 to 12% like most stouts. But no, it was like, what'd you say, 4.8? Super uh, duper low. 4.5. I wouldn't say Four. 10 to 12 for most. I would say like 6 to 9. 6 to 9. Hey. Hey. Yeah, I stopped in to get a six-pack of beer for the holiday, as well as Delty, a last-minute Christmas gift. A new shirt, which is always great. All right, I get the one with more this time, because last time, both of the beers that you got had more in them. That was not fair. That's because by the end of it, you're like, I can't finish it. My tummy's full. That is so beside I just, the point. I, I want the that. option. I prevent I it. I want the option. All right. Damn so it. this is an Irish dry stout. It is black as night. You cannot see any light through that. Absolutely not. It has a good foamy head. Mm. It smells nice. It has exactly what you expect from an Irish stout. There's that maltiness, a tiny bit of chocolatey. It doesn't smell as sweet as Guinness, though. No. Not many things are. It is drier. There is a little wow. sweetness. It's got a good medium carbonation. It actually finishes rather clean for a stout. It doesn't linger in the mouth. You know how some stouts have that lingering? This doesn't really have much of that compared to this others in this style. Yeah, where I, whereas I feel like most stouts finish very round, this one finishes very abrupt. It really does. It just kind of stops. There's no aftertaste that brings itself in strongly. It almost tastes smoky, though. It's like an acidic, smoky flavor. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. There is a little bit of that. Because normally whenever you have a stout, I think of like milk chocolate or yeah. dark chocolate. Yeah. Um, but this one, it's, it's very smoky. There's a little bit of sweet, but uh, it, smells, it tastes like a campfire. Tastes like a campfire? Tastes like a campfire. That's pretty dang good. I approve. I like it. I've liked Frenzy stuff, though. Um, but it's just been solid. That's a solid Irish stout. So we are recording this episode the day after Christmas, the day before it releases. We are ahead of the game this time. High five. A little bit. Woo. Woo. Air five. And so yesterday was Christmas. So, uh, I 
went to Elk City for a funeral earlier this week, a socially distanced mass funeral. And then we came home, or I came home, back to Delton to celebrate Christmas together. Delta, you want to talk about what we did for Christmas this year? We mostly just sat around and enjoyed each other's company and time. That's basically it. We played a couple games, I guess two games of patchwork. We made homemade pizza because we found a new sauce recipe that's awesome. We've ordered Thai food twice now. We have ordered Thai food twice now. We watched a lot of Christmas movies or holiday movies. We did a puzzle. We did a puzzle, thank goodness. 550 pieces from start to finish. I would not do a thousand piece because I knew it would take too long. I wanted to be able to do it in one sitting. So 550 it was. Hey, mom and I did a thousand piece puzzle in one setting. It only took four hours. We can. I just didn't want to spend that type of time because it was late and I already had several whiskeys. You mean we can? No. The weekend's not over. Nope. Puzzle time. I got three cat puzzles to do, man. Nope. Here's the thing. I have video games to play. And video games to play, so. You had like five days of video games without me. That's true. But it wasn't enough. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Gotta end the year strong. I do want to tell the story of Christmas yesterday. Mm Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So I like to put out uh, cookies for Santa. I don't put out milk because I'm sure Santa will understand that the cats will knock it over. So I always put out cookies. Well, yesterday morning was Christmas, of course. I get up about 7.30 or so. And I walk into the kitchen, and I notice that half my cookie is gone. There's crumbs all over the plate. I'm like, Delton, Delton, Delton. What? Did you eat my cookie? No. And so I'm like, okay, well, maybe the cats got up here. Maybe they, like, took half of it, and I'm, like, worried. My anxiety's going high. Can cats have gingerbread? Are they going to have an allergic reaction? Then they're running around like little assholes. I'm like, okay, they're fine. And so I, I get up, you know, I'm like, okay, maybe the cats ate half the cookie. I feed the cats, feed the Margie. No, do some dishes, start to get coffee made and breakfast ready. And while we're waiting on the potatoes to cook for breakfast, I'm like, Delton, do you want to go sit in the living room? And granted, I keep in mind, I have been wandering around the living room and the kitchen for probably a good hour, hour, 15 minutes at this point. And Delton goes, yes, I just want to go sit and have coffee before we do anything else. And so I buzz into the living room and I look up. And where Delton's bass guitar usually is, there is a wrapped guitar-shaped object. And I'm like, Delton, did you do that? No. It was from Santa. Santa came. Santa came. I unwrapped it, and it was a Daphne Blue Squire Jaguar guitar. And it is a beautiful-sounding machine. I have played it for two and a half hours today, and I found out that with the proper equipment, I can actually play White Stripe songs, and I'm so happy. There you go. So yeah, Santa gave me a guitar. Thank you, Santa. I have been very good this year. And by thank you, Santa, I mean thank you, Delton. That's what I thought. (laughs) To be fair, though, I wasn't lying about the gingerbread cookie because I did not eat it. I simply took the rest of it, tore it off, put it back in the box, and then left little crumbs with the piece I left on the table to make it look like it was eaten. And so like Delton was so afraid that I had found out about this gift because he told me not to come into the back bedroom. Well, uh, Something's wrong with my phone. I don't know if it's a new Apple update or what, but I'm not getting messages. And so I had messaged Delton. I had messaged Delton. And so I put my head back here in the back bedroom. I said, hey, I need you to come in here. We're going to have dinner. And he said, did you see it? And I was like, I didn't see what? And he thought I was lying. He thought I had seen the Christmas gifts because I guess he was back here working on it. But after me spending an hour in the living room without noticing it hanging on the wall, I think that Delton knows that I just, I just don't pay attention. Yep, I think so. I just don't notice things. And so, yeah. It's a good thing for me because the surprise worked. 
That's what matters. That is what matters. It was a very, very good surprise. I am grateful. I love to play it, and now I'm a rock star, damn it. I can play Barracuda. Slowly, but yes. It's slow, by God, <laughs> but I can play it. That's the thing. You're getting there. It takes practice. I'm learning power chords. Like I, I can play a lot of rhythm, and I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm at least at a moderate level playing rhythm guitar. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to lead guitar, I am at beginner. So I am just now learning power chords and picking and all that fun stuff. Got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere. So thank you, Dalton. You're welcome. But yes, that's basically what we did for Christmas. Spent time together. What all movies did we watch? We watched at the drive-in. Watched Elf and, and uh, like half of half of Christmas Vacation. Yes. We watched Bad Santa last night. Yep. The Holiday. Yep. Grinch Soul Christmas, Christmas, the good Jim Carrey one. Yes. We watched Bad Mom's Christmas because we had nothing else to watch. And I fell asleep in that one. Yeah, which is fine. And then... I think that's all we've watched. I think that is. We, we watched quite a few holiday movies and mm-hmm. just enjoyed each other's company and ate a lot of cookies and sweets and Thai food and yeah. really had a nice time. It was a good quarantine Christmas. We also FaceTimed my family as we opened up presents, and so that was really nice. I'm sorry we didn't get to be out there this year, but Corona. Yeah, it's for the best, I think. Yeah, I kind of pushed it going to the funeral, but I had an aunt who passed away, and so you know, masked up, socially distanced, and tried to not get coronavirus. So we'll see. That's the key. Quarantining until for the next two weeks, at least. Yeah, works out. So, Delty Poo, you ready to get into the game? Let's dive into the game. Oh, here's the door. It's straight ahead. It's... It's a game. So I chose this game because it reminded me of Christmas lights. So the game today, I had sworn that we had talked about this on the podcast before. I can't find an episode. It's not on my spreadsheet. I don't have any clue. I know we played it on stream when we were streaming every week, which means I'm going to assume it was just on stream that we talked about it. So the game today is Noctilica, which is published by Z-Man Games. Noctilica is designed by Shim Phillips, which, if you keep track of designers, Shim Phillips is also the designer of the, um, oh shoot, I'm just blanking on it now, the the Architects of the West Kingdom, that whole trilogy, and the uh, uh, North Sea. Raiders Ra- of the North Sea. Raiders of the North Sea, Explorers, and I think Shipwrights? Yes. Uh, he designed all those games as well. So, oh. Yeah, he's a popular designer, and this is just so different than all of those. I was about to say, this is a very different game. This is mm-hmm. a lot less complex and more it, kid-friendly. It, it's very different, yeah. Uh, producer is Michael Sanfilippo. Managing game designer is Justin Campanen. Cover and interior art is Brie Linso, as well as the graphic design. And then the managing art director is Samuel R. Shimoda, and publisher is Stephen Kimball. Noctilica is all about collecting these really pretty glowing jellyfish and collecting them in your jars to keep because they're really pretty and they're colorful and they're very bright. And so it's a very simple themed game in terms of that. Uh, This game does have solo play. We have not ever played solo, so keep that in mind. We don't know the experience. However, it is built into the game. And the game is fairly simple. It has this large board with some what are essentially hex spaces on the board, but they're made to look wavy because they're in the water. What you do is you shake up this big giant bag of dice and you just put dice on these hexes, five on the outside layer, four on the inside layer, and the very center is empty. 
every player has an equal number of playing pawns. The game can go from one to four. And what it is, is you place your pawn on the outside of this design. So basically there's a centerpiece surrounded by hexes, surrounded by more hexes. And then there's these little landing spaces around the outside of that outside row of hexes. I'm not sure how to describe that. Basically on the perimeter. Yes, on the perimeter. On the perimeter of the spaces that have the dice, there's these spaces you can place your pawns and you can draw a straight line down a row of hexes in usually two different directions. You have to pick from one of those rows. What that is, is you put your pawn down, pick one of those two directions, then you pick a number. That number tells you which dice you can pick up, any of them that show that value. So if you pick five and in your row there are three green fives, two orange fives, and a blue five, you get all of those fives. Whereas if you choose one and there's only one dice that shows the number one, you only get one die. Exactly. And what you're doing is you have these cards that are the way you earn points and things, which is basically these dice represent the little octopi or octopods or octopuses, whatever it is. It represents those. And so you have to fill up these jar cards in front of you that can sometimes they need three blue, an orange, and a purple, or they need two purple, two orange, and a green. And you're going to put the dice on there. After you pick the dice up, the value does not matter at all. You put your dice on your cards. If you have any left over that you can't use, you pass them. They go around the table until either somebody uses them or nobody can. After that, you just basically move to the next player and they place a pawn. Once everyone's placed a pawn, every spot available on the board for pawns to go will be taken, so you can't place any more. You then basically redish out all of the dice. You flip to where the play order is reversed, so instead of going clockwise, it now goes counterclockwise, and you do it all one more time. And it's a very simple game once you actually like look at the rule book. I mean, the rules themselves are two pages. Yeah. If you exclude the solo rules... They're basically two pages. Yeah, so you have, basically you have your cards in front of you with your goal, your little jars. You collect the colors that you need. If you can't place those colors at that time, it passes to the player to your left, and so on and so forth until you finish your cards, collect points, profit, boot, rally, (laughs) go again. Exactly. So one of the things in this game and the different jars that you're filling with these dice, that basically the goal cards have three different colors. There's brown, red, and yellow. And there is actually a stack of chips that are different values. Um, And so what it is, is like if you finish a brown card, you now take one of those brown chips. And I think is at least on top, most on bottom. Yes. So you finish it, you get a two point brown chip. Cool. And then the next player goes. And then whoever finishes the next brown colored jar gets the next brown chip, which is probably a three at that point. Sometimes there's two. I think there's two fours and two fives. And at the end of the game, not only are those worth that value, but the person who has the most of a single color chip. So if you have more red chips than any other single player, you win the majority of red, which means the ones that no one got, you get to take, flip them over, and they're worth a single point apiece. So it is kind of not necessarily a set collection, but you're trying to get the most of something for all three colors if you can. So there are a few more scoring uh, places aside from just those jars. And like this game is rated for eight and up and I can definitely see like an eight-year-old niece or nephew playing this with me. It's very yeah. simple. The colors are are different enough that you can tell apart the blues from the greens, so yeah. on and so forth. And like there, there's no complicated text to read. It's very much a, a visual game and it's really enjoyable. I think it's enjoyable for us as adults, but I could definitely see knocking this out 
know, with a handful of nieces and nephews next Christmas when the plague's over, hopefully, knock on wood. You know, I never thought, but uh, this game really is language independent. Yeah. I've never thought about that with this game, but as long as somebody knows how to teach you the rules, you don't need to know, to have to read anything. Absolutely. And what's even better is aside from picking things up off the board, you don't have to hold anything. And I know that uh, these are considerations some people have with, uh, you know, somebody with a disability or anything like that. I know there's concerns on, you know, hey, I can't hold a whole hand of cards. How do I play this game more efficiently or easily? Uh, This game, yeah, you have to pick some stuff up, but people can help with that very easily because everything's open. It's right there. I never thought about this. This kind of is a nice answer for some of those issues. Yeah, it's open information. Like you don't Mm -hmm. have to worry about holding anything secret. Everyone sees what you're going for. It's really awesome. That's very true. I didn't think about that. I, I don't know how it would look for someone who has colorblind. Yeah, or, or, or is other colorblind vision, or other vision, vision. Yeah, vision impaired, especially with colors, because these are see through, very colorful dice in what is it? Yellow, green, purple, blue. I guess it's orange, green, purple, blue. Yeah. But they're, uh, I don't, I don't know how it be with that. Uh, the game also does have an end of game, like special secret goal that you just basically keep face down to the end. And all that is, is when you finish a jar, if the jar had a bunch of purple, for every jar finished, you count each of those purple spaces that you had to put dice on. And those are extra points at the end if purple was your color. Right. So it just gives you a path to take in choosing which jars. You can choose them for the color to get more tokens, or you can choose it for how much of a certain dice color it requires so you can try to get more points. Yeah, but I really like it. It is simple. It's easy. You can knock out a whole game and probably, I mean, the box says like 30 minutes, but you can probably knock out a game in 15 to 20 after you've played it a bit. And it's so colorful and pretty. Like that's, Mm-hmm. When Delton asked, you know, what, what game do you want to cover? I was like, have we colored Noctilica? Because it reminds me of Christmas lights. It's so bright and gorgeous and yeah. cute. It really is very bright and colorful with all the dice on the board. Uh, it's definitely a really fun game. I think part of the reason I like it, uh, sometimes there can be a little AP, analysis paralysis, just because you're trying to find the best position to f- fulfill what you need. However, there's enough decision space, and the longer the two rounds go, the first half and the second half go, the less decision space you get. So it starts to cut that back and the game sort of speeds itself up toward the end. Mm-hmm. And so I just really like the way it presents itself. You have plenty of choice without being overwhelmed. The choice becomes less and less as the game goes. And I just really like it. It's one of those games that I feel like it's easy to overlook because it's a cute theme. It's simplified. It's abstracted on the board with the dice. But once you play it, you're like, this is a solid game. It has a little bit of a, not necessarily a puzzly feel, but it's got this interesting feel to it. It's different. It's fast. It's short. It's not hard to play. It kind of hits all the right boxes for, I want to sit down and play a fun short game before we do something else. I feel like it really hits that. A palate cleanser. It kind of is a palate cleanser. Just a little bigger than a small box. It's more depth to it than that, but not as much as a full hour game. So yeah, I really like it. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up for me. It's been one of those games that... Uh, didn't expect to like it as much as I did. And every time we play it, I'm like, oh, I forget. I like this game a lot. I know we, we played it at uh, Dallas's house last year. Or that's where yes. I played it. And we picked it up shortly after that. Yeah, you played it. I had not. And then we picked it up because you said you liked it so much. And then, yeah, after that, we were like, boom, sold. But yes, that is Noctilica. I would recommend it, especially if you want to play with a younger crowd. You want something that has fun decision spaces, is good, easy for them to get into as well. And it's cute. I think it fits into that really well. With that being done, let's move into the topic. Hey, what can I get you? I'd like a topic. Any special way? Make it a top shelf topic. 
coming up. Enjoy. For the topic today, we wanted to discuss year-end statistics for our game playing as well as the podcast itself. So there's been this weird thing happening that the podcast has gotten a lot of listens in the past several months. Yeah. And I'm not sure why. I don't know. It's because we're awesome. I mean, hey, I'm not opposed to it at all. Like, that's awesome. Maybe it's the games we're covering are ones people want to hear about more so than anything else. Uh, you know, we obviously I try not to just cover the new games because A, that's expensive or that means I have to get review copies, which means we're now on a timeline and have to schedule these things. And like, there's a lot that goes into that. And I love it. But I also like breaking out something old. Like we played Targi last episode. Like Targi's been around since 2012, 2014. I think it was 2012. I, I would rather talk about a game like that that's still good that people like me have never played till this year. Right. Because if you only talk about the new stuff, I feel like you're eliminating old. And the problem is, yes, there's content for old games, but the content for old games is also old, which means the audio quality is bad. Video quality is likely bad. I mean, 10 years ago, we've made leaps and bounds in quality uh, across the board game like media. Hell, even in our own podcast, we switched to HD yeah. at like episode 40. I think so. When I started uploading it in the actual full wave format instead of MP3, and it yeah. bumped up the quality for listeners. And plus, you know, we we discover games all the time. I know that we've been yeah. in this hobby for a while, and we have a cubic butt ton of games. But we discover old games all the time, and or older games. And you know, there's always so much hype around new games, and we appreciate that. We we love new games. Like we just did Mariposas uh, two episodes ago, and that that one came out this year, and it's one of my new favorites. But when we go back and visit these older games, you know, we will, one, want to give them a chance. And two, uh, it helps us to see kind of building blocks for the games we have now. It really does. It helps you see what came first. So I like exploring older games as well as new games. And so I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but, you know, this is where we're at. Because, I mean, we've had, we've had a significant jump in the last few months of this year. And by significant, I mean, like... I don't know. I mean, the listenership, like almost as much as five times as high, yeah, which is crazy. We but had about twenty three hundred in the last thirty days, something like that. It's been ridiculous, and I don't, I don't know where it's coming from because for a little bit we had a couple issues on a few episodes where we had false listens, and I don't know where they came from. Could not figure it out. There was no way to get around it. They're just there. But these ones don't look like that. These they look like they real... don't seem to be false. And so. I don't know who discovered us, but we appreciate the new <laughs> listens, man. We, we really do. For sure. We're really grateful. I mean, we were so excited whenever we reached 100 listens. I think it yeah. was like our, probably like our 10th or 11th episode. We're like, oh, we have 10 people who listen to our podcast every That's week. basically it. We don't yeah. recognize two of them. Oh, my goodness. And like having 2,300 listens in the last month, that means a lot because- I mean, we do this podcast because we enjoy it. We yes. enjoy each other's company. This is fun for us. It's something yeah. that we're passionate about, and we like to spend this time together, and we love to make this. And so being that others enjoy it as well, it, it means a lot to us, whether it's one person or whether it's 300 people listening to an episode. We're grateful. Yeah. I mean, for real, though. I, I'm checking here. So this says, since January 1st of 2020 through December 25th of 2020, so not including today, uh, it says this year we had 8,186 plays. Oh, my gosh. Do you realize it took eight months to get to our first thousand? It took forever to get to the first thousand, yeah. No, it took longer than that. No, yeah, eight months, I think, because it was our second Gen Con we went to. So, and, like, here's something to consider, right? That's this year. 
I'm going to do last year in the same time zone from December 1st, or sorry, January 1st to December basically 31st, uh, we had 6,200. Wow. So we've, I mean, every year we have had steady increases in listens, which has been really awesome to see. Yes. I don't know if it's that we're truly getting better or people are just (laughs) discovering us and saying, hey, these guys aren't half bad. I can listen to this a little bit, which is, you know, what we want. But over the entire course of the podcast, which is, are we about to enter year three? Oh my gosh. Or we just finished our third year? No, this is, uh, so we had 2018, 19, 20. I think this is... Is this year four? I, I think we have finished our third year. This will start year four. Holy cannoli. Yeah, which it, I mean, it's taken time. But if you look at our little graph, which I showed you earlier, where it starts at nothing and slowly rises, uh, it says total across the lifetime of our SoundCloud episodes, which is where we started. Uh, it says we have 16,975 total plays. Wow. Which is wild. It says the top episode is Quacks of Quedlinburg. The second top is Root. And the third is Fake Artist Goes to New York. Really? Those are our top listened. Not the uh, Kami episode? No. Quack, Come on, man. Qu- Quacks has almost 400. It's at 397. Root is at 379. Funny number flip. And then Fake Artist is at 306. Wow. I am, yeah. I'm so proud of us. It's better than I ever thought it would be. And a lot of this is because of Delton. Delton puts a lot of energy into his editing. Yeah. I mean, hell, we spent about 20 minutes trying to figure out what this weird buzzing noise was in my oh, cord. It's, it's still there and I hope it, that it doesn't come across in the recording or I'll be very mad. But Delton works so hard to make this audio sound good. And, you know, he works very hard to learn these games as well and, you know, acquire his collection, which I, I do help <laughs> with that. That's true. You help a lot with that. <laughs> but, I mean, Delton, I really appreciate the hard work that you put into this. Of course. I mean, it takes a lot. One thing it also takes, and I'm going to shout this out now, is our freaking Patreon backers. Like, no joke, which is going to Allison, Alan, Jesse, Catherine, Cliff, and Jennifer, as well as the several others that just don't contribute at the rate to get a podcast shout out, but they get other things, of course, or just get, you know, access to the Discord server. If you want any of that, go to patreon.com slash malthousegames, M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S games. It's been easier because of that, because people say, hey, we like this content, and given a lot of them, yes, are our friends, but but there's also people that we've met through the board game industry that are ba- helping us on Patreon and following us as patrons. And this hobby has also let us make a lot more friends. I mean, we got to know Definitely. Alan and Ben and Sean and Gates. Like, we've made a lot of friends. And so we're, we're really grateful for you guys for supporting us, not only financially, but by giving us listens as well, sharing us, you know, giving us reviews. But, I mean, we're just grateful. I mean, this is fun. We, we'd do this if it was just us two listening to it. Which it was for a long time. Yeah. I mean, basically. But yeah, so the stats, we're, we're growing as a podcast. We have high hopes for next year. I want to start doing merch next year, Delt. I do too. Uh, the, we're going to have to tone back the t-shirts because doing a tri-blend baseball fitted, you know, tee with color, it, it's too expensive per shirt to actually functionally do. But what I want to do, um, which I know Andrew brought this up in the Discord channel, but when he was talking about like bomber jackets, he said something about patches. Mm. And I thought it would be awesome to get with Brian and come up with a couple of different patches that could be, you know, either give away some on the podcast or they could be uh, pa- Patreon supporters, like people who pledge in a certain month, everyone gets one for that month or something. Something we want to figure out, ways that people can go and buy a t-shirt or buy a coaster or I would love to do a desk mat. I mean, I'm a huge desk mat fan. I've got freaking four of them now and I really, really like them. That's something you could do, a play mat, you know? So we'll figure something out though. Stay tuned for 2021. We're going to make it a kick-ass year, y'all. 
Definitely. Haley, I'm going to let you, because I forgot to pour this beer. Do you want to do the honors of pouring this one and talking about it real quick? And while you're pouring, I'm going to talk about our actual gameplay statistics. Yes. So today we have the Rough Tail Mold Over. This was bottled on 1216. This was a beer that Delton picked up for me after I had a really long and stressful week. Delton picked up Thai food and beer scared the hell out of me because he was an hour late and not answering his phone. I was like, oh my God, where is my husband? He has run away and joined the circus, but really he was picking me up some beer and some Thai food. So I do not know how much alcohol percentage this is. I want to say it was like, the last one had it on there. It was like a 10.7. This one doesn't have it written on there. I will pull it up. This is, uh, the label is handwritten. Uh, And the last one I think said like 10.7 or something like that. But this is definitely a Christmas beer. Ah! Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Okay, we're good. No rugs were harmed in the pouring of this beer. Mold Over is a bourbon barrel-aged spice barley wine at 10.5%. It says, after resting 18 months in a blend of wild turkey and buffalo trace barrels, Mold Over was then finished on a special blend of classic holiday spices and orange peel. The result is a delightful notes of warm toffee, bourbon, vanilla, and fig with an underlying spice. We find this one incredibly reminiscent of an old-fashioned cocktail. So this is one of their special beers they put out this year. Uh, I think this is a Crowler, which I think comes in at 16 ounces, which means both these glasses are 8 ounces, which looks about right. Um, I want to say that one beer is like 12 bucks to get oh as a God. Crowler, and I bought two. Oh, my gosh. But it was I worth it because it's like, this is a specialty. You don't get this often. They've aged it for 18 months and wow. released it, and then it'll be gone, and it's gone, you know? This was aged before the plague. I know. Thank goodness. But yes, it is a nice amber color. Uh, it's pretty hazy. You cannot see through it. You can get light through it. You can see shadow, but you cannot see through it. So I am holding this a good 18 inches away from my face, and I can smell it. I can smell the mold spices. Mold. It sounded like you said mold spices. I can smell the mold spices. Yeah, the mold spices. Mold. It's very like cinnamon and orange I peel. I can smell the mold spices. It just it smells mm. sweet and almost tangy. So, not like the pumpkin spice that's in the Starbucks drinks, but like actual pumpkin spice, like the McCormick's brand. Yeah, pumpkin spice. It comes in a little Reminds half ounce that. jar. That's what it smells like. I mean, it does have a bit of that taste mm. too. It's it's not very thick. It is a little bit heavy, but it's like a medium to heavy, not not like super heavy. The aftertaste is a graham cracker crust. It does kind of have that, doesn't it? Oh my gosh. It's just sweet, a little bit of spice in there. This is like Christmas in a glass mm. for a strong Christmas ale. For sure. Move over chai lattes. This is the new <laughs> Christmas in a cup. It's very good. So for our gameplay statistics, because we like to bring that up once a year, Uh, 2020 has been a low year for gameplay statistics, and from what I've been reading a lot on Reddit, we're not alone in that. I feel like a lot of people, because you don't get together with your groups, you don't have a lot of friends over right now, most people that log these two don't log digital gameplay, which I don't as well, so that can also be taken into consideration. Which we played a lot of that this year. But I've also played a lot of video games with friends, so I'm still getting friend time, but... In terms of tabletop games, it's been a bit low this year, but we have still played 111 plays of 52 different games for an average of uh, about 68 hours of time. That's not bad. Right. For how busy the year seems to have been with work and everything as well and being just exhausted, that's pretty good. 
And like I was talking about this with some of my clients and like or some of my coworkers too. Like this year, being that we have so much stress, just mm-hmm. baseline stress with the pandemic, with the economic situation, with the political climate, it makes it very difficult for us to allocate cognitive resources to that prefrontal cortex, that thinking part of our brain. Yeah. And so for me, like for example, I like to read a lot of history books, a lot of political science books, a lot of books about war. And this year, I, I went back to candy reads. Like, I haven't read a history book in probably probably since before the pandemic. Yeah. Because, like, I, I tried to get into one on, like, the history of eugenics. And, like, I would read two or three pages, and I would just get so tired, and I had to put it down. I was like, what is wrong with me? This is a good book. But it's just we have this baseline stress that's difficult to allocate those resources there. And for us... You know, a lot of our games have been those shorter games, those quick plays. Like, my sister and I played Patchwork eight times in one day a few weeks ago. Like, um, this is just to say, like, if you're experiencing this year where it's more difficult to, you know, push yourself in school, I mean, despite yeah uh, being online and all that jazz, or you are, you know, not pursuing these creative outlets as much, or you're not pushing yourself cognitively, it was really hard to do that whenever your brain is allocating all of its uh, glucose towards managing your stress level that's given to you just baseline due to the pandemic, political climate, economic crisis, and everything else that's happened in 2020. Yeah. So validate. I mean, it makes sense. It really yeah. does. And I think for us, like that kind of shows in our board games. Like you've been playing more video games. I've been mm-hmm. playing more, you know, guitar or or watching my my German soap operas. Yeah. But, I mean. We've still had a lot of fun, though. Like we've, we've still played a lot of games. We, I mean, we played 111 games this year. We got to play in Montreal in March before the pandemic really hit in full swing. Oh, yeah. We took our vacation. Uh, you got to think, I've played with Brian a lot of Magic the Gathering Arena. I've played a ton of World of Warcraft in the past bit. I played games with Ben throughout the summer, a lot of Overwatch. I've hopped on with Alan and played some stuff. I played a lot with Andrew and Elijah on Destiny. I've played with Trey. Like, I've played video games, Kyle, with fa- fa- uh, uh, the Phasmophobia. I've been able to play a lot of video games with friends because we're all online right now. So it's kind of nice because I've connected with people more than what I used to because my attention is online where they're at, not in person where they're not, at least for these distance friends. Right. You know, um, so it's, I don't know. I feel like I'm still getting game time in. I'm still having fun enjoying it. It's just not as much tabletop in the kitchen kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's okay, but. Whereas I become a hermit who lives in their garden. <laughs> yes. And harvests turnips. Exactly. And the December air. So the last thing I'll talk about here, I'll tell our top 10 played games this year have been Faye, Hive. This is going from 10 to 1. So 10 is Faye, 9 is Hive, 8 is Wavelength, 7 Sagrada, 6 is Noctilica, the game of this episode, 5 is Calico, 4 is Adventure Mart, 3 is actually Brian's game that we nicknamed Crown Battle Royal. Oh, look at that. We were, yeah, we played that seven times this year, which is, you know, crazy. Uh, patchwork, and then the number one is Quacks of Quedlinburg. Because that is one of my favorites, and I got the expansion for my birthday, and we played the hell out of it the following two weeks. Exactly. So me and you both. Uh, now, given I have played games with Brian, not with you kind of thing. And my yeah. games I played with my family haven't been logged. Exactly. So take that into consideration. But uh, I've played 111. You've played 95. Our win percentage is identical at 42. Oh my gosh, really? Our percentage chance of winning the next game, mine's 43 and yours is 44. Ooh. So there you go. There's our That's statistics. That's great. And if you look at like where we've played and all that, of course, it's basically home. 
days of the week is mostly weekends, that kind of stuff. 42, the answer to life, the universe, and everything. But what is the question of the episode? And now, join us for a Malthouse Games podcast special, Pint Size Question. So the question of the episode is personal and podcast-related New Year's resolutions. And we failed 2020s. We were going to have 10 <laughs> videos out. I just want to say that I contributed to two of those with my corn tasting extravaganza, and I could still technically do another one. And we did our Adventure Mart review. Yes. I feel like we did another one, but I don't remember. I don't think we did. Ah. This this year, as we've said, it's been hard to manage, and I think that plays into it a lot. I feel like every year, like we set these really high expectations (sighs) for our New Year's resolution, but this year, by God, this year's New Year's resolution is going to be have merch for our Patreon people. I feel like that is an easy thing. To meet, especially if we start on that, like, meow. Yeah, start figuring that out. We're going to have merch for y'all Patreon backers because we love you, we appreciate you, and we want to give you free stuff because we appreciate you. You know the one thing I really want that's going to be like, it's expensive to make them surprisingly, and I'm having a hard time finding a reputable company to do it for a lower amount. What's that? I really want enamel pins. Oh, yeah. Just at the logo, just the logo and an, in an enamel pin in dual color. It'd be cool, but uh, I'm finding them to be hard to find to do that are high quality and also not break the bank. So, but, you know, we'll figure this kind of crap we'll out. We'll contact some cat on Etsy and say, hey, man, can you commission? That's true. That's very true. And so, Delty, do you have a personal New Year's resolution? Honestly, I don't. And as I tried to think of what I could do for a personal New Year's resolution, what could I do? What would I want to improve on or maintain? At this point, I really don't think I have anything. And I don't think that's to say that there's something in life, like that I think my life is perfect or everything is great or, you know what I mean? It's not saying that there's nothing that I could try to do better. I think it's the fact of I'm just happy with where I'm at right now. And I think my main, I guess if I had a resolution, it would just be to play with friends more online. Because there's so many times that I'm like, oh, I can't make this right now. I'm already doing this or I'm just not feeling it tonight. And I feel like sometimes I just need to set aside time because sometimes I need that friend interaction. And I know my friends need that, too. And it may not always be the same time. But sometimes I feel like I just need to budge a little bit. That way I can make sure that we're connecting, we're interacting, but also that I don't you know, have any friends that feel neglected by it because we're on different times and we never get to play together. I don't know. I kind of feel that way. So maybe that should be it is just, I need to play with more people more often. I think that's a great resolution, honey bun. Mm-hmm. What about you? So I have two resolutions. Okay. One, I want to learn 10 more recipes. Solid. And not just like learn them once, but like master 10 new recipes. Yeah. And two, I want to read 30 books. How many did you get done this year? I think I got done 25. Like, if I finish this one, I think I'm at 25. Nice. Which, I mean, it's not bad. We just got to buy you a lot of books. Oh, I got a lot for my, <laughs> my birthday and Christmas, which I read all my birthday ones already. Yeah. Now I just got to read my Christmas ones. All Don't... you got to do is start on reading my Attack on Titan. I've got, oh, a, God. got through 29 now. I mean, that's true. Yep. Say, so, so Delton got me Bestiary for Christmas. He also got me uh, Mexican Gothic. And I forgot the name of the last one. The colorful one? The colorful one. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember what it's called. But anyway, I'm really excited to read them. Bestiary is fantastic. It is uh, from an Asian-American woman who, who has written it. 
and I really have enjoyed it a lot so far. Good. Um, and so it's it the imagery is phenomenal, and like it, it kind of teeters between reality and and imagination because the the perspective of the main characters as a child, and so I highly recommend it. Oh, do you pull, pull up the name of it? What's it called? The Vanishing Half. The Vanishing Half. So those are going to be my next three reads, as well as the second book in the Crazy Rich Asian series, which I borrowed from Allison. Oh, there you go. I think that's solid. So I think that that is going to wrap up this episode. Thank you again for tuning in to the Malthouse Games podcast, and thank you again for giving us all of these listens these past three years or whenever you came in. If this is your first episode, welcome. If this is your last episode, we're sorry to see you go. We hope you return <laughs> at some point. Come back. Come back. Please. Uh, like I said before, if you want to get into our Discord channel, which is basically us goofing around, hanging out, and every once in a while playing some games, if you go and contribute to Patreon, we can invite you into that. And there is a Patreon-only chat in there that is not really active at the moment, but we'll get there. We need to start doing a Patreon Backers Among Us night. I want to do something like that because I've even thought about doing a live episode, our recording, only live for the Patreon backers through Discord because I can stream through Discord. Ooh. And then I record it. I mean, obviously do my editing and put it out for everybody else. But that way, in the middle of it, we could have Discord's discourse on Discord with the people. So there's something we'll figure out. We've got plans. Just, you know, got to figure out how stuff's going to work. But we're still in the middle of a pandemic, so. Yeah, I just, I just want to play video games. I don't want to think about things right now. <laughs> That's okay. You got, you got two weeks till we record our next one, honey bun. I know. it. That's because, and I'm going to say thank you again to Ben Canellis by all of his board games, including Three Laws and Bitten, which are probably my favorite too. He gifted me Hades on Steam for Christmas, and I've already put in like an hour and a half in like, you know, for my first session, basically. And it's fantastic, and I like it a lot, and I'm excited to dig more into it, so... Thank you, Ben. But yes, I want to play video games. That's what that leads to. Boom. Thank you again for listening to the Malthouse Games podcast. If you have any questions for us or a question for us to talk about on the episode, a topic you want us to cover or a game that you think we should pick up and talk about on the show. Or if you just want to say hi. Or if you just want to say hi. Simple as that. Send us an email. Contact at malthousegames.com. You can also find us on all social media at Malthouse Games, M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S Games. You can find me personally at Delton Brack, D-E-L-T-O-N-B-R-A-C-K. You can find Haley at S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-Y-G-E-K. That is at Squirrely Geek. With all that being said, our Thai food's been sitting on the front porch for like 15 minutes, and I don't want my food to get colder. So I think we're going to run, have some good dinner. And, and then play some games. And maybe play some games. I had to throw a maybe in there. You're going to play video games for sure. <laughs> ha ha! All right. Until next time, sit back, relax, grab a drink, and play some games. We'll see you folks later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.